tagline you gave us tomorrow's questions answered tomorrow's questions answered today tomorrow's questions answered today awesome all right well good evening and welcome to the wednesday morning surf report to the podcast that answers tomorrow's questions today and as always i am joined by my co-host jeff cardello good evening and tonight we have a special show for you. Our guests include, uh, to start us off, we have local improviser and comedian Clifton Gray. Thanks. Happy to be here. Good evening. Awesome. Anything you would like the audience to know about yourself before we begin? Nothing in particular. Uh, I know a little about a lot of things, so um, support local arts that's that's what we go for here uh, breadth rather than depth <laughs> general knowledge yeah, and we won't be fact checking anything nope got it so and also here in the studio with us this evening let's hear it for improviser musician and comedian shane carey thank you for having me all right and shane uh, same question to you anything you'd like our listeners to know about you before we get started? I've already said too much. Okay. Okay. Keep it secret. Deny everything. Um, all right. So as is our custom here, we've got a small list of topics randomly uh, laid out in front of us. And we're going to have our guest, Shane, choose the question of the evening that we are then going to thoroughly, completely, and definitively answer this evening. I must compliment you on your uh, crumpling skills. This is this is quite an unraveling. This is a ceremony, is what this is. Um, we'll drop in a drum roll later. I actually, I think I know what. The, <laughs> if, if I am reading this correctly, the question is: What is the deal with snack? What is the deal with snacks? That is the question. Snacks. That is the question before us this evening. What is the deal with snacks? Snacks being small portions of food or sometimes large portions of food that we eat in between regularly scheduled meals. Um, any of us have any experience with snacks? or Some. I've Some? snacked. You have yeah. snacks. Yes, I've, okay. I've snacked on occasion. <laughs> any favorite snacks? Uh, you know what? I've never been like much of a candy guy. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm much more the, the savory, especially as, as I got older, and to be honest, probably after, more so after I took up uh, smoking, because it deadens your palate a bit. So then I had to get like the really strong um, sort of flavor punch in the face kind of kind of stuff. Like so, canned sardines. Um, you know what? I haven't had that, but I bet oh. I would love it. Um, blue cheese, definitely. Um, oh, or, yeah. or I guess back on topic, uh, if it has to be candy, it would be um, like peanut butter um, and then that sort of like something salty and mm-hmm. very strong. Once I start snacking, I can't stop. So it's a very it's <laughs> a very tenuous bridge to cross because there's no going back. It's a, uh, a slippery slope. It really is. Using the word snack at that point. It, it, I mean, it really, it, but like it, I don't really just snack. Like I'll open a, I'll open a box of better cheddars. And I'll be like, I'll have a serving of these. And then before long, I'm like, I'm picking out the last whole crackers out of the dust mm-hmm. at the bottom. And then I'm dumping the dust at the bottom in my mouth and going, mm-hmm. this is so salty. And then, you know. Turning the bag inside out. Yeah, exactly and right. It, yeah, you know, and, I'm... and then I've eaten an entire box of crackers. I'll do the same thing with a can of squeezy cheese. So that also doesn't, you know, it says, does not need refrigeration after opening. And I'm like, ha, 
<laughs> well, of course it, it doesn't, will not, because, because it's going to be gone. Uh, this the can is going a little bit like, little bit like when your parents, when you're growing up, they're like, you're like, I'll never do it again. They're like, you're, yeah, that's right, you're never going to do it again because you're never leaving this house again. <laughs> not that it happened to anybody else, but I had an idea for a commercial that I was going to uh, to use for an improv show of mine. Um, that I never was able to get buy-in from the rest of the group, but I may have to use it as a commercial for this show where I would just show, like, a fancy hors d'oeuvre plate at a at a big fancy party, and then you just see a ha- two hands, one holding a cracker and the other spraying the cheese, and just spray the entire can of cheese on that cracker. <laughs> All over the cracker and up their, for, over their hand, up their arm. Yeah, for as long as it takes for, to film the video. I don't know how long it takes to empty a brand new can of spray cheese. At full spray, probably about four minutes. Four, four minutes. Wow. I feel like there's probably some sort of fetish videos based on that. <laughs> I'm sure wow. there are. Yeah, there's got to be. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there are. That's the, there are yeah. fetish videos involving whipped cream canisters, so okay. no doubt. Please, I, please type, type that into your yeah, uh, please, <laughs> on your own time when you're not at work. Yeah, you're not at work. Yeah. When comment on this on this recording on the website and and leave the link to your favorite uh, your favorite spray cheese fetish okay. video. <laughs> when I worked at, I'm sorry. Oh no, please. Uh, when I worked at uh, AMPM, mm-hmm. um, you know they've got like the soft serve um, stuff, and like and oh, and this was uh, I don't know if this is true of all convenience stores, but we were like right next to the beach, so there was this just sort of like beach culture people, like really laid back, but not uh, not a lot of money, and there was this real adversarial thing between this convenience store and the people who patronized it, and and and. They would come in um, and and like get this small soft serve cup and then uh, and just and just like crank in as much as they could. They would come to the to come to the, the the register with like a foot tall tower of soft serve in this you know one inch deep uh, cup. That's a little bit like when you go to a, like a Mongolian barbecue like YC's or Genghis Grill. and you get like a little bowl and sometimes it's really little. It's weird, but you get a little bowl and it's like. Whatever you have in that bowl, they will throw on the flat top and they will uh, saute it for you. And the game, of course, is to like get stuff that actually compresses, like cabbage, bean sprouts, you know, things that don't actually mm-hmm. take up a lot of. Because then you can press it down, and then you just heap it up so it's this giant conehead-shaped pile of amazing food. And then you just sort of slide it oh. over there. Like you can't pick it up because it'll fall. So you just sort of like <laughs> slide it to the table, and the cook gives you the stink eye as he's dumping it out and starts to saute it. Yeah, for you. yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah, you get your value. You gotta bring your own tamping tool. Yes. I did go to high school with a young man who invented the Circle K Double Dog, which, if you don't, if you've never enjoyed a hot dog served from Circle K. It, I've never enjoyed bun. a hot dog. <laughs> so, but, okay. but you know that the bun comes in a little plastic bag, yes. and then you put it in a little boat, and um, or you can put it. They used to have you put it back into a separate plastic bag, and he would stick two hot dogs into a single bun, and then try to hide it with lots of mustard oh, and relish, wow. of course, and condiments and. Uh, as far as I know, I, I witnessed him do it at least half a dozen times and never get caught. So, 
sounds like the perfect yeah. crime. Don't we are not condoning <laughs> such criminal behavior. Um, do so at your own risk. That's true. Really. Yeah, they 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 all have GPS chips in them now, and, <laughs> and they're uh, they're heavily inventoried. selection of hot dogs actually has uh-huh. exploded of late. It's probably the wrong turn of phrase to use when referring to <laughs> Circle K hot yeah. dogs. Um, has blossomed again. Probably not the best. Yeah. yeah Regardless, you know you're what I'm not going to find a no. good way to describe um, a Circle but K. You know hot how, dog. like, you know, previously, like, there'd be the sad roller grill and there'd be just just the hot dogs on it, and then mm-hmm. they added cheddar wurst, which were pretty good, and then they added a uh, jalapeno uh, a jalapeno cheese uh, dog, and that was pretty good, and then they added like little uh, like taquitos, and but now they've got like these fancier hot dogs. And they're twice as expensive, but they're twice as good, so oh, it works okay. out. Yeah, yeah. They've got like a big sausage, it's like natural casing, and it's actually like not half bad. I have a Circle K on the ground floor of my office building, so um, I'm in uh, there a lot. That makes. I have the Circle K frequent shopper sense. card, so. Uh, they they do have a machine in Circle K now that that always talks to me and oh, says yeah. that I should have that, but yes. I haven't uh, I haven't taken the taken the plunge. When they first uh, introduced so it, I got it. Um, and I was and I was making good use of it because I was just, between smoking and diet Pepsi, I was going in there at least twice a day. Ah. Um, and I was just and I was just racking up the points, and I would get some, you know, I would like get a free can of Monster every two days. And then within about two weeks, I think they must have realized that the the the, the rewards were a little too generous because then they <laughs> scaled it back, and it's like, well, now you can have a free donut once a week. The way it is now is that uh, every time you spend $50, you get a reward coupon, which is good currently for a free Thirst Buster. Um, so every time I spend 50 bucks, I get a free Thirst Buster. So basically... Like 50 bucks in one no, no, no. transaction? No, no, no. no. Okay. <laughs> so, so essentially, what, most of what I buy at Circle K is Thirst Busters. I go down, I buy three or four a day. That's, you know... I, I swore I was never going to buy bottled soda again, so I just buy a gallon of fountain soda instead. This is how I keep my promise to myself. And um, it's I know it's always yeah, yeah always look for loopholes exactly <laughs> always look for loopholes when you're trying to take care of your health for yourself. Yes. <laughs> um, so essentially, basically every sixty thirst busters that I buy, I get a free one. So you know, it's better than a sharp stick to the eye socket or brain cancer. Yeah, for the amount of effort you're putting in, it sounds like a reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. I have to walk down there. Reasonable thing to get back. I would say that uh, me personally, I'm not a good snacker um, because generally I don't have food in my refrigerator uh, because, you know, living the bachelor life, uh, otherwise known as uh, not being a very civilized person in my apartment, um, I generally don't have food. So when I do snack, it's weird snacks. I'll take like a spoonful of peanut butter and then a spoonful of jelly. So that's a snack. Um, pretty much whatever is just lingering in my cupboards. Like I'm not good at buying groceries. I I improvise. It's improvised snacking, which isn't always the best thing. It'll be like, hey, oh, here's some dry spaghetti. It's crunchy. <laughs> let me let me have some of that. I'm oh, starving. Dip that into into some guacamole, and uh, I'm off to the races. Yeah. 
When I was really young, um, we didn't have, uh, we were kind of poor um, by, you know, American standards. And we didn't have food, uh, like a lot of food in the house. My mom was also not good about shopping. So uh, my sister and I, like when we were home alone, would just like forage. We spent a lot of our time just foraging. Like where can, you know, any location in the house, like what are we going to find today? Um, and so there were a lot of, there was a lot of improvised snacking. Um, there was the, 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 the brick of, there was a downstairs freezer, like one of the, like a meat locker, sort mm-hmm. of big rectangular. Che- like a chest freezer. Yeah. Yes, thank yeah. you. Um, that had, I don't know why these were even refrigerated, but we had a bunch of sesame snaps, like the sesame seeds and honey, little tiny bricks. Oh, yeah. Um, pulled some of those out. Always felt like we were sneaking them. <laughs> like mom would not gonna, was not going to know if we only took three at a time. Uh, my favorite improvised snack of all time is uh, a glass of rice checks with cranberry juice. Hmm. Hmm. That's some sort of fusion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sounds like uh, sounds like something someone will have to try and report back to us on. Um, I remember being the last family on our street to get cable, to get a microwave, to get a lot of things. Um, not that we were poorer than the other families, but my parents were not early adopters of anything, but. Which works out because if you wait long enough, everything either becomes discredited or cheap. But um, before we had a microwave, we had a toaster oven. And one of our favorite snacks to make was the toaster oven pizza, Mm. which is just a single slice of white bread covered in ketchup and a single slice of American cheese. Nice. And yeah, thinking about that right now, I just want to like travel back in time and knock that out of my 11 year old hand. Yeah. (laughs) Do not, under any circumstances, eat that abomination. Eat this nectarine asshole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I I mean, I remember as a kid, and I never, it took me multiple times to learn this lesson, but. You know, your your mom has the the unsweetened baking chocolate in the in the <laughs> cupboard. How many times did I bite into that expecting delicious chocolate only to be met by the bitterness of 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 that? Um, did any of you guys ever do that? Oh, oh I, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Okay. I when I was when I was growing up, um, I had weight problems. I mean, I still do, but but when I was growing up, especially, I, I had. Uh, foot surgeries and leg surgeries when I was five and six years old and like my metabolism just like stopped and so like I was always like heavy you know a really a really chunky kid and so my my parents would try to like withhold what they consider to be junk food from me and oh my god we went on diet I, I did that stupid cabbage soup diet like four times when I was like 11 and 12 years old oh wow we just make the big pot of cabbage soup and you just like eat that whenever you're hungry and you know oh, because damn. Because basically it just cleans you out, you know what I mean? Like it just anyway, ugh, it's yeah, terrible. Yeah, but it's like the no one wants to go ride yeah. the elevator. With <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, then you're then you're just you start losing weight out of pure loneliness. Um, but like, so things that I was denied that I really wanted, like gain this mythical status with me, like things like squeezy cheese and crackers, and that's why like now it's like when I get my hands on a box of crackers, like I have that old like. I may never see these again. <laughs> I better enjoy these quickly. And like, but man, SpaghettiOs, 
just stop the competition. Spaghettios, man. I would. I love Spaghettios so much, and my mom just said they were they were bad for two years. My family did that. Now we didn't live out in the in the rural countryside on a farm on a on a on a county road. Mm-hmm. You know, we lived at at Thomas and 64th Street. All right, so. Okay. For two years, my family did the bulk grocery delivery thing where you just ordered once a month and they delivered your bulk groceries. And then they were like, it'll save us money and we won't go to the grocery store in between. And so, like, we would get stuck with, like, it's like you got your food for the month. And then, like, my parents were real vigilant about it at first. And they were like, you know, what's, you got what you got and that's it. So I'd beg them to get me an uh, eight-pack of SpaghettiOs, and then I'd tear through it, like, in two days, and then I'd have no more SpaghettiOs for 28 days. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I, don't so. think, I don't think I've ever eaten a single SpaghettiO oh my, my God. entire life. <laughs> I, have, I have, hang on, seven, uh, I have 11 cans of SpaghettiOs right now in my pantry, and there's only an odd number because I ate one because I wasn't that hungry the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... You're pacing yourself? Yeah. It's weird because, yeah, as a kid, I loved SpaghettiOs for the exact same reason that I can't eat them today. is It's mushy, it's bland, it's the same consistency at the top of the... Ear. Uh, see, but you got to get... You, like, plain SpaghettiOs are, are boring. What you do is you get the SpaghettiOs that have the sliced hot dogs in them. And then, uh-huh. yeah, SpaghettiOs are sliced Franks, they call them. Oh, man. Another, uh, that's legal. That's a legal, legal <laughs> product. Another improvised recipe. Yeah. Um, the uh, what do you call it? The mac and cheese, the boxed mac and cheese, but not the not the brand name stuff like yeah. the store brand food food club macaroni and cheese right. dinner. Fifty for a quarter. Yeah, right. Um, take that that cheese plus ragu equals spaghettios. There you go. Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. Right. I can see that. Um, your, your source for life hacks. Yes, I used to go when I was like 13. I would we so we lived like I said we, our house was right there at like 60 64th Street and Oak is the more more apt description of where it was. So there was a Smitty's right up on the corner of 60th Street and Thomas Fries. Now I would get on my bike and I'd be like, well, I'm gonna go take my healthy bike rides. So I'm gonna go ride down the canal and ride down behind the zoo. And my parents would be like, yeah, great, whatever. So. I'd get on my bike and I'd ride up to Smitty's and I'd have a can opener with me and I'd buy a can of SpaghettiOs and I would park under a tree and I'd open the can and would fold it and I'd just shotgun, which is still how I eat SpaghettiOs. I don't, why dirty a spoon? That's just, you know, <laughs> why dirty a spoon? You're just, you're just, you're just creating an extra middleman. So I would just fold the can and go right down the hatch with the SpaghettiOs and then just like, just wipe my grubby face off with my fat little teenage hand. Mm-hmm. And then I would like throw the can away and I'd ride home, just, you know, my stomach just singing so happy I'm just like I'm gonna sleep like a baby tonight and like my parents would be like how was your bike ride I'd be like fantastic (laughs) (laughs) oh man when when I was a kid we were never allowed to to eat junk food so I would have like junk food connections at school like kids who would buy me candy wow um So I, I remember there was I don't know if they make them anymore but these um like cylindrical pure sugar lollipops that had like three different color bands on them I don't know um, and then just I would just give the kid money and the kid would bring me back just an assortment of sweets that I kept secret I had to keep them at school in my desk because I like, didn't want my parents to find out he like out. starts to tell you where you got them you're just like I just you know what I don't want to know plausible deniability yeah, yeah. I don't need to know where you got this stuff I just I appreciate yeah, it it doesn't need to 
find out that there's some cartel somewhere. Oh, yes. I think it was about fifth grade for me that uh, that that uh, snack food became an uh, that, that exercise took a wrong turn because uh, the 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 summer of fifth grade. Uh, my sister and I, my mom would take my sister and me to 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 the, the community pool, and we'd go swim around. And then I discovered they had a snack bar, and so like now I'm just going to the pool so I can buy stuff out of the snack bar. <laughs> but you know sometimes like you get a little piece of snack food, mm-hmm. and it's like the ideal thing in that moment, and just like it just it just it hits that pleasure center in your brain and it's just like this is exactly the Tetris piece that needs to fit right in here <laughs> and it, like when I when I was in Austin at the pun competition they had food trucks there and I wasn't like hungry enough to eat lunch because I'd eat a big breakfast okay and but they had a shaved ice truck like Hawaiian shaved ice and I'm like I haven't had a snow cone in a decade you know like it's just mm-hmm. not something no, I yeah. something I do you know when I'm fighting the diabetes eating something that's basically just sugar water is probably not the best thing for you but I was just like I don't care I'm in Austin this doesn't count so I go to the shaved ice truck and they're like they have like cherry blue raspberry and then they're like sour pink lemonade I'm like I'll have that sir and I got this little cup of shaved ice with like this just sour lemonade syrup and I ate it it was just blissful it was so good it was just I was like scraping the bottom of the cup with my spoon and like trying to like dump the rest of it into my mouth when it was done because I didn't want to lose a drop. It was when you just get that 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 one thing you weren't even aware that you were craving and you eat it and you're just uh-huh. like that was perfect. Yeah, and I, I feel like um, going to food trucks in Austin is probably a good way to prepare for a pun competition as they're, they probably <laughs> have a lot of uh, Good puns going on with with their trucks. Their truck names, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of the foods that have in the past done that for me, and I know one of them, and nobody believes me because I think I'm the only person that has this reaction. I'll believe you. But <laughs> mole. Oh yeah. I maybe eat it once a year, if that. But oh man, it goes right to my brain. And what what kind? What kind? The traditional, like the brown good, like chocolate, mo- mole negro. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm just gonna sit here and be in seeing some yeah, <laughs> seeing some confused faces. Has anybody not had mole? I think I've not had it. Oh, okay. I think I've well, like never had it. Mole is like, technically speaking, that's why guacamole is called guacamole because mm-hmm. that's avocado mole. Okay. It's just shortened. It's aguacate mole is the whole word, and then it's shortened just because that's how, just like English does. So that's how guacamole got its name. But basically, like, mole is like, it's a really rich, it's based on chilies. And so mole negro black mole is like uh, pasilla peppers, ancho chili peppers, and then they, it's like, it's got like bread to thicken it, sesame seeds, chocolate, mm. um, just, just a, just a smorgasbord of spices and flavorings, and then they simmer it down until it's just this gorgeous, luxurious, like deep brown sauce. And they serve it over chicken usually, um, in most cases. And oh, ooh, ah, uh, oh, it's good. Fantastic. Yeah. Chicken mole is delicious. It is, yeah. That's the stuff. That's highly recommended. I had it actually a few nights ago, sometime last week, in Surprise, Arizona, and was thoroughly underwhelmed with it, actually. But used to have um, one of my wife's students' grandmothers used to make it once a month and sell it. And a couple of times in a school year, um, 
she'd buy it and bring it home and it was the best best mole are they going to change the name of Surprise Arizona? I mean, like, are they tired at this point of people having to go, I had mole the other night in Surprise. No, the, the city. city. The yeah. city. Yeah. Like, at this point, do they really just think they should just change think, their name to something? I mean, as, I, as you drive into town, it says on the sign, Surprise, no, yeah. the city. Yeah, right. That's their, that's their <laughs> slogan. Yeah. Surprise quotes, no, dot, 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 the city, founded 1872. I, th- I think it is a good city name because it's... It's surprising how goddamn long it takes to get out there. Oh man, um, there was a guy. Not close. There was a guy who um, I played music with a couple times, and I was going out to his house to jam, and I was pretty much over it about 40 minutes just into the drive, where I'm just like, this is this is too far. Like I'm already in a bad mood. I am not prepared to lay down some some grooves. So my job is like right here, like right by where we're recording here in Chandler. Uh, when I first took this job, uh, I was married, and uh, she and I were uh, buying a house in Surprise. Uh, so it took an hour and a half to drive to work every day, and of course, uh, a very similar amount of time to get home. That just like. I had to move out of there not because of the actual driving, but because there was none of my day left after work and getting to and from work. Yeah, I, I know I it's I know people who live in like South Chandler, Queen Creek, who work in like northern Tucson. Mm. And it's it's actually more cost effective for them to drive from Queen Creek to like Marana to work and, and it's like an hour and fifteen minute commute. But it's all straight shot freeway, so it's not you know it's not like driving city freeway. But that's that's insanity to me. I just I can't even like I mean where I move to now I have like a 20 minute drive to work and I'm just like this is a little long. <laughs> and for non Arizona listeners, we're going to include a Google Map link under <laughs> this episode. <laughs> you can study up on it and someday you know have a vacation, visit beautiful uh, Scottsdale, lots of nice. Hotels and resorts. Yeah, come there. out and see some spring training. No, games. Yeah, I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say beautiful Marana, and I was going to leave and protest. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, so talking about snacks, um, what is a snack? What is a popular snack that you don't consider a snack, or what? What, what are lesser snacks in, in your? Are we talking about mind? like what would you like, not eat? Like, like what would you? Yeah, what would you? Yeah, like, you don't want? What are snacks that just sound? Horrible too. Uncooked canned fish. Can't can't hang with. I love cooking with anchovies. I love cooking with anchovies. Like I have dishes that are basically just based on like sautéing anchovies until they turn into mush and then throwing Mm. pasta in there. Love it. Can't stand like spaghettio. Yeah, right. Right. For all, for all like the fact that I all eat spaghetti straight from the can, like it's like I do actually like I cook. It always surprises people when I'm like, ah, oh, I'll bring a dish. They're like, what? Spaghettios in a can? I'm like, yeah, f you. I know how to cook. I just choose not to. Um, but like uh, canned fish, you know, like sardines. You know, like you mentioned, you know, like you know, kippered kippered fish, or I just I don't know. Never never been able to hang with that. Oh, and like and like rich people snacks, like caviar. Oh, I hate caviar. I'm convinced that caviar is a prank played on us by the wealthy. Like, the 1% were just like, you know, if we said that disgusting fish eggs were a delectable snack, the peons would eat them. Yeah, I I don't... I 
don't know. I don't know that any have ever been eaten outside of cartoons. Oh, <laughs> it's just I like we got like a gift basket at work once, and it was all like fancy like cheeses and stuff. And there's a little can of caviar, and uh, Todd Gordon and I both tried it at the same time. We're just like, all right. One, two, three, went down the hatch, and we both just went, God, that was disgusting. To be fair, I don't think a gift basket is, pro- is the, like the pinnacle yeah. of, of yeah. Santa. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Hickory, Hickory Farms isn't known <laughs> for their <laughs> caviar. Um, Edible arrangements of caviar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's Richard Nixon. It's, all, it's just smeared on a thank you card. <laughs> I, have, I can't hang with... Um, um, Asian snacks, uh, like Japanese mochi or uh, jalabi from, I, I don't think I mispronounced that, but from, uh, from India. Every time I have uh, a, an opportunity to sample snacks from that continent, I think they just like, because I'm so American and, you know, I like the uh, I, either salty or sweet, but something very strong. Uh, and they're, and they're, you know, like they're not bad. They're just, I, what, I can't tell what I just put in my mouth. It has, seems to have mass. And volume, <laughs> but my mouth is telling me nothing about it. I can con- place it on I've this periodic table. I've consumed matter. Yeah. <laughs> Did you try the Mountain Dew Cheetos when I brought them to the theater? Yes. All right. Okay. Solid. I. That was fantastic. <laughs> I will say that I very recently told my teenage son that Mountain Dew tastes like inbreeding. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did you did you guys when I brought the when I brought Mountain Dew Cheetos to the theater wherever you I was not around there, but I I, I saw po- pictures of them posted. Yeah, I I tried one and I was pleasantly surprised. Like I got it. I'm like this is actually pretty good. The best part was that you put it on your tongue and then it started to fizz. Oh wow! <laughs> and so, yep, yes. There's a wonderful video of our good friend Maria Kanopkin putting one uh-huh. in her mouth, and I'm like sold that on your tongue, and I'm like uh-huh. fil- I'm recording her, and after about 15 seconds, and she's just like. Her face just starts, like, her eyes get all big, and she, it starts to foam on her tongue, and she's like, ah, ah, ah. It's yeah, not the Cheetos doing that. You're losing layers of skin. Yeah. <laughs> it sound, Yeah, it sounds less like a snack and more like the premise of a science fiction movie. Well, they're from Japan, so yeah. I, I had to send away to Japan for them. So, But, you know, quite wonderful, I thought. It was, yeah, now, surprising. Now, a product such as... Mountain Dew Cheetos. Why isn't that something that can have mainstream acceptance in in America? What is it about the American palate that that finds that maybe uh, not appetizing? Well, see, Americans are stupid. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna, you know, as, as hey, a whole. Hey, this podcast is brought to you by America. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Sponsored by right. Flagco. Fields of wheat. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying, like, you're an eagle. Yeah. Individual people are very capable of being intelligent. As a whole, the populace is pretty dumb. And like, but that's like how Doritos came out with a new flavor, quote unquote, and all it is is like they throw a really spicy Dorito in the bag, so like approximately one out of every five chips in the bags will melt your face off it so spicy. I'm like, that's not a flavor. That's not no, a, that's just... That's, but they just repackaged their chips, basically, and they're like, it's a new thing, and everybody's like, okay, I'll try it. Looks, that's like, it's not new. They just changed the label. So, I like that they struck that deal to make the taco shells that were made out of Doritos, and then the very next thing they did was make a Dorito that was flavored like those tacos. Then I wonder why they haven't made a taco out of those Doritos 
that are made of dirt. <laughs> it's like uh, an M.C. Escher painting of horrible food. Yeah. yeah. It's infinite regression. <laughs> it's, the, it's Doritos flavored, tacos flavored, Doritos flavored, tacos flavored. It just goes. And it's like the Ouroboros yeah. of terrible American snack food. Though I will say Taco Bell really has stepped it up as far as mashing up different genres of junk mm-hmm. food together. Um, like they now have, what is it, the Captain Crunch donut holes or something? Right, yes. Oh my God. Yes, I, I have seen those at Taco Bell, and it's like that because that's something that should be served at a taco restaurant. I will say that uh, their recent reintroduction of the breakfast menu has actually kept me from eating at a Taco Bell in any capacity <laughs> for the last eight months because Everything I tried it so twice, bad. and I was like, this is dreadful. I got the waffle taco one morning. It was like, uh, it was... I, was, I had to go into work on a Saturday, and mm-hmm. so it was like 7 in the morning, and I'm just, I'm a zombie, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm up this early, I might as well try a waffle taco, which just when you say it, it just sounds like you're resigning yourself to your fate. Yeah. It, waffle taco. It's, and it sounds like it should be it gloriously so decadent. bad. And it's kind of And then they replaced foodie. it with a biscuit taco, and I'm like, nope, fool me no. once, shame on you. Bringing it back to Circle K, mm. they have... Uh, now big banners in their window that you can get a taco dog. Yes. Which means they put some flour tortillas in the rack where they have buns. Like, I think we need to have slightly higher taco standards in this country. <laughs> there is a there is a small restaurant chain in the Los Angeles area, the greater uh-huh. Los Angeles area, called Yaki's. Uh-huh. And Ostensibly, what they serve is like a, a yakisoba derivative, a, deri- a yakisoba derivative, but it's 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 as related to traditional yakisoba as a Taco Bell taco is related to you know fine Mexican food. Or as the undead are to the dead. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. But so uh, we were driving back from uh, Camp Improvutopia uh, in 2013. It was myself, Rachel Tulio, Mac, and Rachel Cepeda all in the car together, and we'd stopped at a Starbucks, and I was hungry. Nobody else was hungry. And I look across the street, and there's this Yaki's. And Rachel looks it up on Yelp, and she's like, it's got like half a star out of five. I would avoid it. <laughs> and she's like, this, every review is like, should be called Yuckies. I'm like, I'm going to try it. <laughs> so I march across the street and walk in there. And the, the first thing that hits me is that the whole place smells like rancid fryer oil. But I'm like, nope, going to soldier on through. Oh. So I got myself an order of Yaki soba. And then I see the thing up on the board. And uh, what in the world... I'm trying to think of what the name of it was. Oh, I know what it was. They called it the Bulldog. And I'm Bull like, I'm like, dog. what is a Bulldog? And I look up, and it's 89 cents. And it's a jumbo hot dog wrapped in a piece of American cheese, uh. wrapped, wrapped in an egg roll wrapper, and deep fried. And I'm like, all right, I need to try two of those. So, not one, but two. No, yeah. So I got two of those to go along with He's my bowl of yakis. one is poison. We, we get back in the car, and it's like, this is too hot to eat. It just came out of the deep fryer, so, you know, hopefully, ostensibly, it killed everything that was on it. A day and, and a half later, why is this still hot? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a half-life. <laughs> why is it staring at me? So we're driving down the road, and finally, after, like, five miles, Rachel's like, you got You either have to throw those things out or eat them. They smell so bad. And, like, I ate it, and it was, it was what you would expect a hot dog wrapped in cheese and an yeah. egg roll wrapper deep fried to be. But I ate it, and then I regretted it for the rest of the ride home. It was yeah, not pleasant. Yeah. We we stopped in Indio at the at the uh, at the uh, the uh, 
the 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 little stop in India where they have the Starbucks the, and everybody yeah. stops Indio. there. Everybody <laughs> stops there, like at the Starbucks when they're going to California. And like I was I was like sweating. <laughs> just like everybody got out of the car and I was like, I'm just gonna sit here for a second and relax. I, I could feel, see the future. <laughs> I feel like that that's the type of place that if you were to drive back through that town with people and try and find it again, there would be no trace at all. Yeah. <laughs> I swear like, it was right here. Like, it's like the Brigadoon of bad food. They, just, they <laughs> sold you that that bulldog, but they told you, don't get it wet. Don't feed <laughs> yeah. it after midnight. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not consume this after the sun has dipped beneath the horizon, for yeah. great evil shall befall you. And you Who turn around kidding? and just <laughs> right, yes, right. When uh, <laughs> turn around, just, just devil, just a, and it was a, gone. Just a vacant lot behind me, and I'm just holding yeah. a bag. You read the words on the wrapper, and like just a shadow mysteriously crosses the wall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, on the topic of snacks, this wasn't one of the best snacks that you've ever had, or at least for the other people in the car, it was not a good snack. No, it wasn't a good snack for me either. Okay. It was pretty terrible. I mean, I don't think their fryer oil had been changed since the Nixon administration, so it was it was it was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but I've had good snacks. I mean, like I've eaten at places and gotten interesting snacks before. When I was in New York City, my choir went to New York City to perform at Carnegie Hall. And we were walking okay. through the city uh, from our hotel, which was downtown, um, up to the uh, Museum of Modern Art. And we're walking down the street, and it's, it's Thanksgiving weekend, and it was, oh my god, it was so cold. We're freezing to death. And we're walking, and I pass the storefront that's really like, like maybe 12 to 14 feet wide. And we walk past, and I'm like, and we're walking down the street, and I glance over, it says, Lindor Truffle Store. And I went, I'm like, I mean, like, like somebody oh, grabbed yeah. the back of my shirt. I spun <laughs> back around, and everybody's like, "What?" I was like, "Hang on a second. And I opened the door, and down this this long storefront that went back into the lot, down each wall was like 50 flavors of Lindor truffles. It was, I want to go back to New York City just to go there. Like, it was just, it was opening that door, and I'm just like, it's beautiful. There's a, uh, yeah, there's a specialty brand of super high-end expensive chocolates like a little piece is like five dollars that i've seen stores in san francisco and i think chicago and one other city that we've been to and uh the big appeal the reason we went into the store is its name is the same as my mother's maiden name which I'm reluctant to say for fear that you'll all know my security question. <laughs> but uh, uh, Toysher chocolates is we we would buy something just to eat it and then like save the bag to give to my mom. Like, look, your name it appears somewhere. <laughs> hey, here's this empty bag. Yeah, the chocolates yeah. are pretty good, but here's this empty bag for you. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, we do the same thing for my aunt AMPM. <laughs> but yeah, there, there are some snacks that um, are I find somewhat shameful. Like for me, one of my weaknesses is Wendy's, and I have a rule: I can go to Wendy's, but I can only go through the drive-through because if I go into Wendy's, then I am a Wendy's patron. I feel like I'm one step. 
removed from that. Like, I'm not a complete animal because I'm not in there. <laughs> I'm removed uh, from it. But um, are there any shameful snacks, things that, uh, you know, we, uh, outside of uh, SpaghettiOs... Are there any that are not shameful? Or, yeah, yeah, that's, that's my deal. Like, I, I don't... My, fundamentally, my problem is that I don't actually snack. Anything that you would call a snack food... Uh, I might look at it and say, like, I want some of that. And then I will spin the package around, and I will multiply the number of calories per serving by the number of servings on the package because that's how many calories I'm going to consume after I buy that thing. I don't snack. I shove the damn thing in my face. And so, yeah, pretty much anything that is a snack food is going to be shameful because I ate 13 servings of it. Yeah, I've got one of those chip clips, like, you know, like a little magnetic clip you keep on your fridge, you put it on chip bags. That thing just collects dust. (laughs) It's good for bills. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, whenever I go on road trips, I'll get one of those big bags of uh, white cheddar smart food and I'll eat almost the entire bag and that that cannot be good for you <laughs> at that point it becomes less of a smart food yeah, yeah. it becomes really well, the dumb. food gets smarter <laughs> as it steals your soul right? yes the soul is in the bag <laughs> the popcorn has become self-aware <laughs> <laughs> the snacker has become the snack I mean, yeah. we talked about bulk buying in bulk oh, earlier yeah. and I just remember when we've tried to do that and you you do like a Costco run or something like that and then the first two nights you're like dinner is seven candy bars <laughs> <laughs> and then a, a week and a half later you're like well if I if I uh, put this ramen noodles if I put the, the broth on this spaghetti <laughs> My uh, when I was in college, the first credit card I got, um, I don't know, it was like a seventeen hundred dollar limit or something like that. I maxed that card out by buying a king size Milky Way and a Pepsi on the way to school every day. That's the only thing I used it for. I don't even know why I got the credit card if that's what I was uh, all I was gonna do with it. But I uh, I amassed a seventeen hundred dollar debt in Milky Ways and Pepsi. Oh my God. <laughs> At what point do you consider, like, we were talking about snacks, but, like, at what point does a snack become a meal? I mean, like, is there, like, a like a threshold I for that? I think it's 5 o'clock. Is it? There's <laughs> <laughs> a time yeah, threshold. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would like, say maybe more than one different item. Like, I feel like uh, a cheeseburger c- could be a snack, right? right? But when you have a cheeseburger with fries... Now it's and a, a meal. shake, that's a meal. I, I, I guess it depends on like how much food you eat in a sitting. Because like I still pack away the groceries. Like I had, uh, I I eat a lot of food. I don't get pizza. I just don't buy pizza anymore because like leftover pizza. Nope. I mean it's a challenge. Like once you start like once you start eating a pizza, it's like you're looking at a countdown clock, and it's like you're, you're not just gonna pause it. You're gonna finish it, right? And like so, I just don't buy pizza anymore because I can't stop myself. We have at our family, we usually buy the exact amount of pizza that everybody gets four slices. And you can eat it tonight, you can save it for breakfast, whatever you're going to eat, eat those four slices. When I was uh, much younger and I worked in a restaurant, one time I worked a double. And uh, I was kind of going back and forth between serving and busing. We were really slow that day. And it was a buffet. And not really slow, but really short, short-handed. And I went, after about 10 hours, they gave me a lunch break, and I went to the 
pizza place across the street, and I bought a large pizza, basically folded it in half, and <laughs> ate it like the world's yeah. largest taco. Giant, <laughs> giant calzone. If I tried to eat half of that now, I would be so sick within yeah. 20 minutes, but I it was a very physical job, and... A, a very stressful day, so I packed it on. Yeah, well, one of my first jobs was working at Peter Piper Pizza, and in the morning we had to make lunches for grade school, and we would have all of these tiny pizzas that we would have to make sure that they would not burn, and, but we would burn ourselves instead of the pizzas. Mm. Like, our hands would be touching the, the edge um but, uh, yeah, I got to make my own pizzas for lunch, and I, I got really creative, really uh, piled on the topics. My elementary school used to serve as pizzas, and um, they were they were so cost-conscious at my elementary school that the pizzas would come, and they would be in a square, and then yeah. they had little perforations that you were supposed to tear the pieces out, and each square would tear into four triangles. My school... <laughs> would use a pizza cutter to cut it into six rectangles. So you get your lunch tray, you'd pick up your pizza, and then, like, half of it would, like, fall down because it had, like, a hinge because, like, they would cut right through the perforations. Okay. And so you had to hope that you picked it up on the right side of the pizza because, if not, like, you'd pick it up and all the toppings would just blah and just fall off on your lunch tray. That was a source of major frustration for me. When I was in high school, I would eat the same thing every day. I mean, I'm still a creature of habit, but I would have... Two corn dogs, a large Coke, and Reese's peanut butter cup, and somehow I made it into adulthood, and that it did not <laughs> kill me. Yeah, I was a skinny child who kind of became a fat teenager, and it might have something to do with freshman year and part of sophomore year. I would take my lunch money every day and didn't want to wait in any of the lines that actually sold food. So I would get a package of Ho-Hos, which I don't even know are still they are still legal. Yeah, yes. <laughs> they're, they're around. And I think a Mountain Dew or something similar, some kind of sugary soda. And that was what I ate until I went home for dinner that night. And... Uh, then for a while I was getting the student store sold mambas, which are like generic Starburst. Generic Starburst mm-hmm. Yeah. And I loved those, and I think I was eating one a pack of those every day. Those are still around, too. You can get a little pack of them for a quarter I, at I've, QT. Yeah, I've seen them in places. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's a type of thing that hasn't been made for 20 years, but there's just like a surplus of them. <laughs> More than likely. like a pile, yeah. <laughs> there was a. Uh, They're kind of a morph between candy corn and um, uh, now and later's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that weird so, sort yeah, of right, yeah. They're, they're, less, they're less chewy than Starburst. Yeah. yeah. Now I feel like now and later's yeah, is that so. something that you can still get? Is that yeah. still available? Wow. Totally. Yeah, I I can't. Picture those not being sold by the ice cream truck in my yeah. neighborhood. When you when you <laughs> talked about things that like they just made a bunch of back in the past, uh, mm. I went to L.A. a couple of times last summer for uh, for uh, improv workshops and then to check out theaters over there. Saw this commercial one night. Uh, me and my travel companion uh, were watching TV and this commercial comes on, and they're like, 
they're talking about it's like they're like get this compilation cd right now it's all the best hits and they're like we're like who still sells cds and it's like the commercial goes on you can clearly tell that they must have printed like 20,000 of these CDs right before MP3s hit it big yeah. because this was all like compilations of like the was mid it jock jams? The, well, like the, it was like compilations of the mid 2000s it was like all the best hits of 2005 like, and 2006 it's like what really? and they had these actors in the commercial that were like boy it sure is convenient to have a CD and not have to worry about ripping music yeah. to your computer when I've got a CD I can just take it with me wherever I go and I don't have to worry about charging my MP3 player all the time and I'm like <laughs> you guys are really you guys are really... I don't know if anybody's going to fall for that. Going yeah. out of their way to it's misunderstand... I, yeah, because you... Technically, you don't have to charge a CD. Right. However, <laughs> you can't just spin it on your finger. <laughs> and there was a... I was watching the Home Shopping Network with someone one time. And... Uh, because I'd never watch it alone. No, well, um, none of us do. Yeah. <laughs> so Whoa. they were selling... A like a phone, like a desktop corded phone, you know the the kind our parents used to uh, to signal Pearl Harbor. Um, <laughs> they they were selling this phone, and the big one of the selling points, because the whole point of the home shopping network is they have to keep talking at all times, whether the words they're saying make sense or not. So the guy was, one of the selling points of this corded phone was with with a cordless phone, you're always losing it and forgetting where you put it. But this one has this convenient cord oh, that keeps it <laughs> okay. always attached and you always know right where it is. And it's like, man, why didn't somebody think of these 80 years ago? Yes. Tell me, tell me he picked up the phone and he's like, hey, let's see, it works. Watch, I'll show you how it works. And he picks it up and he goes, give me a second more six, seven, eight, two, two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every now and then um, I'll have a, I'll be with, with my, my four-year-old and I'll have a banana and I'll use it like a phone. <laughs> and all I can think is I know she's humoring me. Because she's <laughs> never seen a phone that shape. Okay. So like, I need to be picking up flat rectangles. You know, that that just, makes so much more. I could do a seashell, and that would make more sense. Isn't it just crazy? Like, but to think about things like that. Like, I mean, think back ten years ago. Like, if you ten years ago had told somebody, it's like you know, in 2015. I mean, by 2010, 2011, within the next seven to eight years, everybody's going to own a handheld computer with a touch screen that they can do everything on and mm-hmm. also occasionally once in a blue moon make phone calls. Like, that, that, like that would have been inconceivable in like the year 2000 yeah, even. Yeah. Like, I was I was a late adopter of the smartphone. Oh, I've had mine less than a year. Yeah, I basically <laughs> I had this one phone where I just kept finding them. Like I would go to a thrift store and I would I would find one and I would lose this phone. So it was like I had this constant stream of this phone and mm-hmm. it got to the point where people working in retail were calling me out on my phone like I would be holding it and I would you know be made fun of by baristas by uh, you know other people and that finally I got to the point where I'm like hey I need I need to step it up mm-hmm. yeah I had a I had a uh, for six years up until last July I had a slider phone you know like it would slide open to reveal the keyboard and people would like people that i didn't know people that were like next to me in the grocery line at sprouts i'd like pop my phone out to text and they'd be like 
Oh, would you lose your smartphone or something? Like, <laughs> I don't know you. Go away. What yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to the great advancements in, in technology. Like, if you go to the Domino's website, you can track where oh, yeah. your pizza's yeah. at. Yeah. Like, Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like, that's... science fiction did not predict that. Like, that was not something that we the, could have envisioned. No, it... there, because, I, like I said, the hot dogs have GPS chips in them now. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I I feel like there must have been a, a a big leap forward in soda flavoring technology a few years ago, because all of it, like you know, we had we had Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, and Wild Cherry Pepsi, and then all of a sudden in one year it's like lemon Pepsi, lime Pepsi, you know, sriracha Pepsi. It's like just this huge proliferation of, of random flavors where there's like. At the grocery store, there would be, uh, you know, like three rows of regular Pepsi, two of Diet, and then one each of all these just new flavors that had just appeared. I um, it was very exciting. We had a barbecue for the Fourth of July, and I actually haven't had, except for the occasional stray uh, soda, probably since mid February, but there was a store brand. Soda called Coconut Wave. Mm. Yeah. And I said, okay, yep. I'm going to try this. Walmart brand. And it was not. <laughs> it was I liked it. It was good. It was uh, it was basically Diet Sprite with blue mm-hmm. coconut in it. So uh-huh. basically like ocean water at Sonic. Uh-huh. Um, sugar-free, so it was diet, uh, which yeah. is good, uh-huh. you know. And But I thoroughly enjoy Coconut Wave. I just don't. There's not yeah. a Walmart near me. I anymore. feel like the color blue makes it better. Because that, that could be. I had a coworker. I was drinking blue Powerade at work uh, back when I used to teach school, and one of the older teachers there said, "There's definitely a generational thing that, like, people above a certain age just won't drink anything blue because there's nothing blue that color blue in nature." Yeah. But w- none of us think anything of it. We've all, we've yeah, all grown up on grown up on blue raspberry slushies yeah, yeah. and. I'm still I'm old enough though that I will still sometimes make the joke that it looks like toilet water because it kind of does but that's another thing is the, who who has got blue toilet water anymore that's, that's true. That's another thing. Oh, I feel like that's yeah. something that's dying That out. used to be a thing. Everybody yeah. had a 2000 oh, yeah, yeah. flushes tablet in their toilet tank. Well, I have like uh, the when I moved, I didn't make this happen, but the, my toilet has a has a has a big um, like a I guess it's rust spotting or something, um, but it has a, just a big ring around the water line, um, and just uh, you know I can't seem to scrub it off. Uh, it was there when I moved in, but uh, so now I got one of those. I got a tablet, but it's like it's white and it's basically bleach, and the water smells a little bit like bleach, but it's not you know coloring the water or anything. I think maybe they didn't know how to. Do that without making it blue. <laughs> it's like, well, we yeah. got this Windex. Can we? Well, or yeah, or they've just yeah. the soda companies have monopolized all the blue. <laughs> all the blue. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, re- I recommend. Toilet lobby is less powerful. Uh, helpful hint. I recommend Lime Away for removing those hard mineral deposits from mm. your toilet bowl. It's worked for me. Uh, and that is a non-paid endorsement. This episode sponsored by Bald Eagles. And SpaghettiOs. <laughs> and SpaghettiOs. You remember, Circle K. you remember Crystal Pepsi? Remember they came out with Crystal Pepsi? Yes. I remember that it existed. I, 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 was, I was a big Van Halen fan until Crystal Pepsi. Did they have a song about they, Crystal They Pepsi? used Right Now, uh, that, oh. that, that big hit for Van Halen, uh, for, for Sammy Hagar Van Halen, um, it was like that became the Crystal Pepsi theme song. 
Oh. And I'm just like, uh, all right, guys, I'm done. I, I graduated from high school a few years ago. I stuck with you, but God damn it, Crystal Pepsi is the last straw. I feel like I must not have been the only person in America to say Crystal Pepsi is the yes. last straw. Right. <laughs> um, what are some other things... Because whenever I think of like things that had like a huge fanfare and were a complete and utter flop, Crystal Pepsi is the top of my list. But what 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 does that evoke for you guys? Um, I forget what this was called, but there was a soda that had little uh, balls. It looked like a lava little, lamp. Little blobs, yeah. Little blobs. Oh, what was wow. that called? I don't know what it was called, but uh, I I don't know. Yeah, I had there was an few, energy few drink times called in LA. Balls. That my actually, yeah. Think, my it. nightmare maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I had that. I had it a few times in in L.A. Um, and it was not orbits. Or- yeah. Something like, yeah, 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 orbits. Yes, orbits. Um, wow. Yeah, it did not catch on. But one, one thing that I bought plane tickets from them. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah. This is this podcast is brought to you by Smart Advisor. Smart business move. They're like, I just they're sitting around a conference table. It's like, well, our chunky soda failed. What are we gonna do now? Yeah. I bought plane tickets. Yeah. Plane tickets and gum. People will need the gum when their ears pop, when they're flying in airplanes. If you go on eBay, you can find a lot of people who are selling, like, Crystal Pepsi or Orbitz. There's videos on YouTube of people consuming Crystal Pepsi that they've bought, and uh, it is quite horrifying if they do not react well to these very expired products. I I can can only imagine. My, uh, My brother was a baseball player, actually a professional baseball player. Um, and growing up, base, like sports was a huge thing in my house. And uh, they would do a lot of collectible Wheaties boxes anytime somebody would win an award or a sports thing or whatever. And my parents would buy it and hang on to it. And I don't know if keeping the cereal in it affects the resale value at all, but they, it turns out, are not all that collectible if you're looking at it as an investment. <laughs> and maybe three or four years ago, they just threw away a ton of them because they were old and the boxes were yellow and nobody remembered who won the Olympics in 1984 and they were spectacularly gross inside. But Ugh. Just threw them threw them away. <laughs> I would have guessed that breakfast cereals were among those things that uh, that like take you know centuries to biodegrade. Yeah, I'm sure there's uh-huh. there's boxes of Pac-Man cereal that are perfectly yeah. intact. Wisp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's yeah. That's different from kind of. Uh, the more organic Wheaties. That's right, true. Yes. Yes. Yeah, true. Natural, you know, just wheat and water that we made into mush and then broke into chip shapes. Cap- yeah, Captain Crunch is pretty much preservatives with yeah. some food coloring yes, thrown right. yes. in. Yeah. Or is, you know, is Cookie Crisp still in existence? Like, yes. Like, what parent gets their kid Cookie Crisp? I Here, never, cookies for breakfast. Never had it. That was one of those things that was like, nope. We would get it very, very occasionally on, like, if a grandmother was visiting. But it was like, it's kind of like seeing a cover band. You're like, well, okay, this is all right, but, you know, they have the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> they actually have cookies, you know. Yeah, you don't, yeah cookies are You don't thing. have to pretend. Yeah. That kind of blows my mind, like, the, the, like tribute bands. 
Uh, it blows my mind that they like. I love that they exist. I think it's fantastic. But at some point, uh-huh. um, especially with bands that are actually playing casinos, it's weird to see tribute bands playing at casinos. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they'll open for the band they're a tribute to, which is, uh, is a yeah, bizarre that seems- thing. Too much of a good thing, right? Yeah. Well, and also like the <laughs> the the you know the lead singer especially is probably going to be doing uh, his best impression of the actual singer at the peak of his abilities. So that the opening band is probably going to be a lot closer to the recording yeah. than this you know like post coke boozed up sort of you know yeah fifty year old. The, the tribute band should be the headliner. Like, the, the Eddie Money tribute band should headline, and Eddie Money should open up for that. Uh, that's probably... Yeah. Prob- there are some acts that I'm really surprised there aren't tribute bands for. Maybe we'll go around and see if anybody else has any, any pitches for these. But I would love to go to a casino and see an Elvis Costello tribute band. That would... That would yeah, that would be fun. That would yeah. be cool. Weird Al. Oh, ah, yeah. Weird Al. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, just, very just nice. parodies of the Weird parodies Al of Weird Al's parodies. Yes, just, exactly. Does anybody else think that the guy from The Offspring sounds exactly like Weird Al? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it just hit me. Yes. Yeah. You'll Dexter. Knowing that you'll you won't ever listen to them the same way again. Yeah, I, I guess I would say it now that I'm thinking about Pretty Fly for a White Guy and Pretty Fly for a Rabbi, they actually mm-hmm. do sound yeah. extremely similar. Yeah, they're, you know. Though The Offspring, one of one of the worst bands to ever achieve commercial success. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that drummer, like no amount of reverb and it, 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 they are the worst. Like when I, was a, when I was in high school, I saw them play and even at that time, I mean, I had terrible taste in music then, but even seeing them, I was like, these guys are horrible. And and Clifton nailed it when he called out their worst song, yeah, yeah, I feel, which might be one of the worst songs. I feel like as, Just a, objectively. Right. as a society, that was like a turning point of that I, being a hit. I feel like, like there's certain musical acts like The Offspring where they had their one, the, their biggest hit, I think, you know, probably at the time was Come Out and Play. Mm. And pretty much, mo- I mean, like like uh, um, the the one that I can't think what the name of it is, but the one that came out probably around that very same time. Uh, Chances one, three, three, nine, four, used to be. It's about like growing up in a neighborhood and everybody like you know a couple people OD'd and stuff. But oh, like, oh, but pretty okay. much everything that came out after uh, uh, come out and play sounded just like that. Like you know, like even down to like having the guy speaking Spanish in a very uno dos tres cuatro cinco cinco seis like. And it's interesting because, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, so you've got bands like that that have never changed and just keep cranking out the same stuff. All their new stuff, they just came out with an album this year, and I'm just like, this sounds just like Come Out and Play, and it's 20 years later. But like, then there's groups that like they try to change, and it's like, but then you gotta, it's a fine line to walk. Like, you can keep putting out quality music that's definitely identical. A great example of what I'm getting to is uh, Garbage, the band. Um, You know, when I was back in high school, like Shirley Manson. You know, ugh, hot ugh. stuff. Oh my gosh, right? And like, just that music, just you know, just fit my mood perfectly. Just gloomy and <laughs> ennui and angsty. You know what I mean? Like, I'd listen to that, and be like, I'd die for you too, Shirley Manson. And like, but then like, they came out with an album like three years ago, and it was this weird reggae backbeat that sounded like a woman doing a tribute band of the Police. 
And it was, Ooh. and I was like, I listened to it. I'm like, this sounds nothing like. And it was just overproduced. And and I'm like, and so it's a fine line. Like, to be an act that's 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 been successful for that long, you've got to walk that line of like, well, we don't want to make an album that sounds just like our last album, but we also don't want to make something that's completely not identifiable as our own sound. Yeah. Well, this is something I I hear, uh, you know, when I when I when I listen to stuff from the 70s, and I don't mean this as a nostalgia thing, but it just happens to be like, uh, you know. 70s, I guess Van Halen is late 70s, but when I put on a Van Halen album or Led Zeppelin or or, or something like that, uh, Queen, uh, it's like they, you know, across an album, all the songs did not sound the same. You would have a whole bunch of different uh, diversity. Even Van Halen, which I'm not suggesting is the pinnacle of of uh, you know <laughs> di- diverse music, not hard to categorize Van Halen, but still, um, it wasn't all one sound on an album. And nowadays it is. Partly, I think, because of like radio formatting has become very rigid, and you gotta know what hole you fit in. Um, but that's the thing. Like, if you were a band of you know back then with that diversity, then you know there wasn't such a thing as rehashing your old sound because there wasn't just one sound. So you could get away with doing a new thing that was actually a new thing. And people would have favorite yeah. albums, and now it's just like now it's like it's like yeah, I like Fallout Boy. Oh, what songs? Uh, yeah, like uh. Fallout Boy for me, like. That's one of those things where I had to, like, I Shazam that Uma Thurman song, oh, and then that. it came up. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That's <laughs> the worst. Yeah, one of the worst I hate that ever. song so hard. They, that song sounds like three snippets of separate songs that was spliced together and looped into a yeah. four-minute monstrosity it, that needs yeah. to be slaughtered. It doesn't make sense either because, you know, it has, like, that Munster's guitar lick. It's like... Is Uma Thurman in like a, a, Remake a reimagining of the, of the monsters? Like, is there a tie in here? What what's going on? I would watch that. <laughs> no, I, I I can safely say, and this might not win me any fans, but I can safely say that the new Fallout Boy album is my least favorite thing to put in my ears yeah. in the last five years. I mean, it's, it's I, as this is a guy who tried to kill himself with a screwdriver. I can't. I mean, it's it's no bowling for soup, okay? If it's, you, it, if you yeah. really want to talk about quality music, they, yeah, they, there you go. it's weird because they have a bunch of songs on the soundtrack to Big Hero Six, or at least one. I think more. I'm, I'm sure it's one of the ones and that we've all heard a million. They times. have like almost exactly turned into Lincoln Park, and it's like yeah. I was not a big fan of what they were, whatever they were doing before. But I'm like, why would you go to be that? Yeah. Of all things, and then Lincoln Park was that was the soundtrack of my angry uh-huh. giant person days in Tucson. As you know, like yeah, you know, I said like you know in high school like you know garbage was like oh yeah right there yep that hits me right in the feels. But then like when I was in Tucson, I was just mad at the world day in and day out because I was stuck in Tucson, and uh and, you know my only solace was EG's and Lucky Wishbone. Yeah, Lucky Wishbone uh-huh. representing. I'm wearing a Lucky Wishbone shirt for those of you that are, aren't the, watching on TV. Can't see. And um, but yeah, uh, Lincoln Park was just just. Just you know, every single song was precisely the same. Just, just thick, overprocessed minor chords mm-hmm. and occasional like breaks of people mm-hmm. singing, and then just more just guitar shredding yeah. of just heavy leaden people yeah. like stomping around on stage. So if Lincoln Park were a snack, what what snack would they be? Hmm. Lincoln Park would be uh, if they were a snack. Lincoln Park would be a jar of mayonnaise. I I agree. I think just yeah. just. Heavy and you eat it and you don't feel any mm. better, but you feel like you've accomplished something by finishing it. And it's best in small doses. Yeah. Or 
left off entirely. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, on that note. Yes, I think I think tying together Lincoln Park with mayonnaise is yeah. an accomplishment. Yes. Yes. And there's probably a fetish video about it. There probably is. Yes. yes. Send, so, your, send us yes. your your links we're going of your favorites. To, yeah, we're going to now turn to our everyone's favorite sub uh, everyone's favorite segment on the show and we're going to go around the table and just get uh, our guests to plug a upcoming project or uh, show or concept. So we'll start with you, Shane. All right. Um, yeah, I just uh, last month I just came out with uh, an album called uh, Supersonic Soul: The World Without, uh, which is part two of a trilogy of concept albums about a superhero, and part three is coming out at the beginning of next month. And all of these will be of well, that's two a, of them are available, and one quick, will be pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all, this is all on my website, which is shanecarry.net. Awesome, awesome. Um, uh, I do things and stuff. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, tune into Sun Sounds of Arizona every other Tuesday. Uh, listen to me read the news for two hours if you like the sound of my voice. Um, and I do. And, I do and then, as uh, well. Uh, it's, there's, of course, the Torch Theater, uh, thetorchtheater.com. We're at Central and Camelback. Uh, I'm there a lot. I perform occasionally. Um, our musical, uh, improvised musical group, uh, Judd, performs on the fourth Friday of every month at 8.30, so... There's shows going on. There's eight shows a week, Thursdays, Exciting. Fridays, and Saturdays. If you roll down there between seven and nine or so, you'll be sure to catch a show. So, awesome. Um, I do improv at the Torch Theater. Uh, I do this podcast. I write for thehardtimes.net, and uh, I'm a mayor about town. That's pretty much it. That's plenty. Yeah. And as always, you can catch me performing with the group Apollo 12 every second Friday of the month at 8.30 p.m. And I expect sometime this early fall to have in your hands the second issue of the world's best Matlock fanzine. Yeah, check it out. um, In the meantime, thanks again for listening, and enjoy your evening. Thank you.